Howdy. This is a uh, fuck. Welcome to the fail. Uh, no, no, I got this. I got this. All right. Welcome to the art of the fail. This is a podcast hosted by Christian Borgazan, co-founder of Bruja, and myself, Chris Buttonham, co-founder of Obi.ai. We chat with startups and entrepreneurs about their failures in hopes to uncover incredible lessons and unmask the stigma around failing today. <laughs> Nobody likes this shit. Let's just get started with the show. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much, Hongwei, for coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Yep. So uh, this is the art of the fail. Um, basically, Hongwei, what we're going to do is uh, Christian and I are going to talk about uh, a fuck up of recent days, if you will. Okay. And <laughs> and then hopefully we, we can learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, and then maybe hopefully go through some stories um, and some fuck ups of your own that you've uh, that you've encountered uh, along the way, uh, good. so that we can sort of dig in deep and yeah. uh, and uncover some lessons within those. Let's do it. All right, Christian, you want to start with your? Uh, I'll uh, yeah, I'll give it a go. I, I seem to be um, taking the lead on these mishaps all the time. Mine is actually, <laughs> mine is you know I tried to find something that was business related and some sort of like you said like you know you're all about the anecdotal um, stuff there and and I really tried to dig for that, but mine. I don't know. Mine isn't really too good, I would say, but nonetheless, it is a fuck up. So I'm going to share it with you guys and with everyone else. It is um, just about me missing a wide open touchdown um, at one of my football games. So I was running a fly route. I had two guys beat. I was playing the wide receiver um, and I had these guys be probably, you know, a couple footsteps each. The ball was thrown. Perfect ball, by the way. And <laughs> usually for those, like, I'm I'm pretty careful with the placement of the ball and really making sure that, you know, I, I have my eyes on it all the time. But I took my eyes off of the ball, and I sort of thought that I had it pretty much. Like, I thought it was a sure thing. And then a second later, it was in my hands, and then it was out of my hands. So that's my that's my fuck up. I like, like it. Yeah. I'm actually going to. I don't like it. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna iterate last minute on mine, okay. And I'm I'm going to make it non-business related also. So, um, I was just in uh, Vegas last week, and uh, on the weekend I took some time to uh, go to the casino. One of my favorite pastimes is playing poker, so I, I joined a, a quick little poker tournament, and I was doing really well. I was like chip leader. Uh, there was only four people left in the tournament. I was doing really well. And Sorry, what was the pot by then? Uh, so it was it was just like a, uh, a buy-in, and then they didn't hadn't announced the structure yet. There wasn't a lot of people that had joined. It was an earlier tournament, so it was like fifteen people in there. Okay, um, it was over like a thousand dollars. Nice, um, That's and yeah, uh, that's pretty good. And so <laughs> there's this older dude that had nothing to do with it, but he uh, he went all in pre-flop. Preflop. Yeah, preflop went all in. And uh, this guy had already rebought because there's like an hour and a half um, buy-ins. And uh, and so he's kind of a loose cannon. I already fig- I, I already had him pegged for not really knowing exactly what he was doing. Did he look at his cards? Because, you know, sometimes there's the guys <laughs> that go in, pre- they go all in preflop and they don't even yeah. look at their hand. He did, I think. Okay. And, and uh, anyway, uh, I looked down and I have ace-king suited. Um, oh, and I was... I was chip leader, so I was like, oh, mathematically, I got a call. Like, 
any sane person would have called that. I called, he flipped over queens, about a 50-50 draw, and he ended up he ended up taking it. He took it. And I was crippled at that point. I ended up out like a couple of hands later. Yeah. But I think the lesson <laughs> learned there is um, as, as open I am to risk, sometimes you don't always have to take the risk. No. I, I could have sat back. You know, I don't yeah. think I made a wrong move, but I was comfortable enough where I didn't have to. That's fair. I don't feel like that's a fuck up though, because if you're in a tournament, you have to make moves. That's true. Right? If that yeah. was a cash game, sure, you didn't have to take the risk. That's true. But tournament, that it's a no brainer move. Mm-hmm. So ace king, I feel good now. You didn't mess up. <laughs> ace king suited yeah. too. Like you got, yeah. you, you got to, you got to play that yeah. hand. I mean, yeah. it'd be a different story if this guy ended up turning over like seven two and you ended up I know. losing that. I know that would just be devastating. I know. Which I've had that happen to me. I've lost many hands to people that. They flipped over yeah, they just sucked seven and two. Yeah, that's brutal. Not cool. All right. Well, hopefully there's some value derived from that. Good way to start. Um, yeah. No, I appreciate you. Moral uh, of the lesson: Do not gamble. <laughs> exactly. Let's all quit our jobs. Now. Right. We'll put the, the gambling yeah. hot a gambling hotline number yeah. uh, in the, in the show notes. Um, great. So we have uh, Hong Lei Lu here um, from a company called Mapdin. Uh, thanks so much, Hongwei, for coming. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, how you got your start, and a little bit about Mapdin before we uh, dig into some anecdotes. Sure. So uh, my name is Hongwei. I'm one of the founders at Mapdin. Uh, when I was went to went to UW for electrical engineering when I was in first year <laughs> undergrad, uh, I, I got my first co-op job at BlackBerry working on RF circuits. And my buddy in that same semester applied for a residence called Velocity which turned out to be this entrepreneurship residence. At the time, all I knew is that it had air conditioning, um, and that's why I applied. <laughs> air conditioning led to starting a, a weekend project to help people find stuff indoors, led to having a couple of first customers using that product that we had built over a year. Uh, and today, we're about 40 people based in Kitchener, uh, doing really cool stuff. Most recently, we got this deal with Apple announced where uh, we're like the only platform on Earth that can uh, currently, like, load indoor mapping data directly into Apple. That's uh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's that's made a, made that's a, I remember seeing that. Made on a very big difference. Like, wow. Yeah. So we've been, uh, it's been, been a very fun year. But yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. A quick question for you. When, when, uh, when you joined Velocity and, and you, you know, it was turned into a, from a weekend project into a real company, did you anticipate that happening? You know, like, um, I think, we have a better idea of where Mapdin is today, and it's just like light mm-hmm. years away from from where that idea was. Like, walk us through your what was going on in your head because you guys were you guys right. were on Dragons Den and everything too, right? We were. That was that was much later. That was about yeah. two years later. Oh, okay. So, um, no, I think you know the way we started was the way I would tell is the way I would tell any person in university to start, which mm-hmm. is start a project, don't start a business. Yeah, right. You start a business and your friends are like, oh, look at you, Mr. Hotshot. Like, are you a millionaire yet? Like, you buying drinks today? You know, like, it's it's completely the wrong expectation. Yeah. Because yeah. as we all know, um, it's not that fun for yeah. a long time. So start a project where you can just say, hey, I'm working on this thing. Uh, do, do you think it's cool? And, and your friend's going to be like, yeah, man, like, that's awesome. Or they're going to give you some real feedback. So... We did that for a year. We just wanted to build something cool. And in fact, the the only instruction we were given by Velocity at the time, not anymore, uh, was don't build a business. That's not possible. 
build a project, hmm. build something you want to hmm. show off. Interesting. Um, and that was the residence, right? That wasn't the incubator. That's not what you guys have yeah. here in this building. Yeah. It was entirely just look at what Ted built in the residence. Now yeah. it's kick. It's yeah. worth like a billion dollars, right? Yeah. So at the time. And right. uh, so try to do that. Um, and, and it made it such that we never felt like there was an expectation to, you know, oh man, I didn't put enough in a, enough hours or I didn't hit a milestone for Monday. I can't like show up to the, the, the group huddle. It's like, it's, it's right. all out of interest. Right. And that's the best way I think to deal with some of the early uncertainty. Take a buyer on it. Yeah, no, that that's actually a really good piece of advice, even um, for someone like myself, you know, because there's a certain mindset that you have and, and even certain expectations that a lot of people have from you when you do say, oh, hey, by the way, I'm starting up this business, right? And then automatically, you know, you're put into this bucket of certain expectations. So totally. I like the project route. Yeah. Maybe for my next project, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, can't go wrong, I'll stick right? to that one. You I've only, heard that before. Yeah, you can only that. impress people, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, holy shit, man, what, you've been doing this the whole time? Like, yeah. you know, how can you go wrong doing that? Yeah. yeah. And it brings up that concept that we've been talking about a lot is, and I was mentioning to you, that glorification of entrepreneurship. It's, I just, it bothers me so much because <laughs> I think that, uh, and honestly, like some of these incubators do a bunch of young, like, um, malleable minds a disservice by presenting this, um, idea of entrepreneurship that that just doesn't doesn't exist, exist. yeah um, that's not to say that you can't be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or you shouldn't be an entrepreneur um but it's um there's there's a lack of um i guess the reality is is what i would say it's just you know the picture is painted so gloriously yeah. okay right? but i mean you guys are still here you we're still, still we're still here your businesses so yeah. clearly you found something to enjoy about it it's all it's oh, oh it's yeah, not, yeah, no, yeah it's not, I, it's yeah. not all bad yeah, it's yeah. not all bad there, okay. there is a lot of uh a lot of it that i actually really enjoy which is you know the exact reason why why i am here i think uh what kind of chris and myself always talk about and, and what we want to touch on is that you know there's there's a whole nother side to it too right rather than what you see yes. from the mainstream media yeah. of you know, people fundraising a million plus in, yeah. in their seed rounds, for sure. example, right? And, you know, you know that more than anyone else too, right? I wasted a lot of time chasing that stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but what, what I find is more innocent is that, you know, the people who tell you those stories or write those stories or like create these programs that try to get you and me to start businesses, they, they don't know, they don't necessarily know either, right? And so their intentions are like, hey, you know, 100%. like, I want these kids to be successful, like, let, let me get more kids motivated, right? You 100%. know, like LeBron's going to tell you to, he's not going to say, man, like, I, you know how many times I've scraped my knee. It's like, dude, dunking is awesome. Like, that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> right, right, yeah. that's, that's the expression. So um, the intent, the intent is there. I agree with you. Yeah. I think what, um, not to get it off on a tangent, but, uh, something I feel passionate about. <clears throat> I think it starts with um, how these programs are structured and, and who they're run by. Yes. You know, if you've got entrepreneurs at the helm, I think there's more of what you're talking about, you know, build build something from passion. And that, back to your point about um, how it can't be all bad. Of course, it's not. And yeah. like, I'm only still alive because of the passion, right? Sure. Um, because no sane person would <laughs> keep, you know, getting punched in the face over and over again if they were super, super passionate about solving a problem. 
Yeah. Well, what, what I what I found to be the most true about all this is uh, it, everything PG writes, basically. But one yeah. one thing he wrote is like, you know, starting a startup is basically compressing 30 years of work into three years. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. there's a conservation of pain rule, right? You work for 30 years as a mailman, you don't have a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, you work for three years as a startup guy, lots of pain. 100%. But if you're, if you're willing to live through that, it's a good deal. Right? Yeah. And that's 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 what people don't get. But like that people would still think is fair. What makes it seem really, really depressing is that you can do the three-year gamble, but then you have a 50-50 shot, let's say. You have a yeah. coin flip. Yeah. And then it's the risk, right? So I, I thought your, uh, your, your, your fail-up your fail of the week was was a really good one to start because mm-hmm. that is what people have a hard time uh, accepting taking a chance yeah absolutely there's chance built in but the logic is still there yep. just as your expected value from taking that uh all calling the all in was there yeah right so that's what it is i mean we're all sitting here because clearly we've at least landed on probably the good side of it it's too soon to say for all of us yeah um yeah people should talk more about that yeah, yeah absolutely sure. that's what we're here for yeah, exactly <laughs> awesome and, and many other things but yeah. yes so do you have any any stories or anecdotes that come to mind right away i know you uh, we said something about fundraising and your your brain Uh-oh. lit up a bit <laughs> yeah. the eyeballs just like <laughs> yeah something clicked there well i mean the the upside of starting as a project is again we we managed our own expectations i don't think we put in my last three weeks of biz dev was more than I was doing the math. We generated more leads and just me personally in three weeks than we did in like two and a half years, uh, starting like 2012. Um, wow. That's insane. So that is insane. That's a lot of time. I, I suppose my biggest fuck up in aggregate would just be the amount of time I wasted. Um, money as well, right? So right. we raised our first 370k angel round from a fantastic investor. He beat the dragon deal that we were offered on TV. Uh, we were like his only investment versus one of 200, so got a lot of attention. He himself currently still runs a business that does $100 million a year in revenue. Wow. Uh, enterprise SaaS, just like us, and so he gets it, uh, and he's still running it. So like that's actually still my North Star. Like I want to be that one day, just in less time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the way we spent that money was so inefficient. And, and how we spent the time was so inefficient. It, it became more egregious, actually, after we raised our second round, uh, to be honest, um, where we raised, I think, like $1.7 million as our seed round because we had all these customers already. That we always kind of roughly got right. Um, and then we started checking off the vanity boxes, right? Right. What do other startups do when they raise mm, a million-dollar yeah. round? They get a nice office. Yeah. They, they hire a bunch of people. Um, and it seems so stupid. <clears throat> To think that, like, you know, as you're saying it now, it's like, yeah, that was a dumb thing to do. But at the time, it's like, oh, fuck, we just finally we raised the round. It's like you have all this pent up, like, I can't wait to close this thing. Then I get to do all these things. The round inevitably takes six months longer than it should. And then as soon as you're done, you're like, let's go. Let's catch up. Let's let's spend all this money. We need to be, like, there. We were only here. But we spent it in all the wrong ways. Right. Right. Like, we're actually still in the office today that we paid for then. And it's still a nice office today. So thank God we like made enough money to like not go bankrupt yeah. in an office that was way too nice. Yeah. Right? Like sh- stupid, stupid stuff like that. Um, it's very hard to make that mistake again, if I'm honest. Yeah. That was very painful. Yeah. yeah. But that's probably in, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I'm not someone who, who's gone through that, but that's 
you know, that's got to be something that you're so caught up in the moment and you're so used to like benchmarking yourself against where other companies are. So you, you just get kind of like wrapped around all of that. And I guess, like you said, like then you just start checking off all of those boxes, right? It'd be like trying to live your life like your your Instagram feed yeah. right. of your friends. Right? That's the worst thing to do. You'd be traveling 24-7, basically, drinking a lot of alcohol. But that's not how it actually <laughs> It's not, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. but it's not real. No, yeah, right? it's not real. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a really um, important thing to talk about is realism. Uh now to that point, we, we in our in our pilot episode we talked about uh, scaling a team too quickly. Okay, was yep. th- was that a portion definitely of that? Can you can you speak to that a bit? I think we find that fa- fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I think no one goes out and says I'm going to waste money. Yeah. Right. No. But if you're a first time founder, and I think maybe this podcast tends to be geared for first time founders. I'm a first time founder. You guys are too, I presume. Um, you get overwhelmed when suddenly you have some PR and you had like you raised a round and then all these people show up and they're like, Hey, I want a job. I want to help you. Like, please hire me. And you're like, Holy shit. Like, you know, this guy's 10 years older than me. They have 10 years more experience. They work for big tech company, ABC. Um, they seem really confident. I'm not that confident inside because I can't believe they gave me all this money. Yeah. I'll hire him. Right. And that happens every day. Right. For like a month. Um, and if you act on your, your impulse to be like, wow, I could never even talk to this person before and now they want a job, you're suddenly broke. Um, <laughs> or, or your, burn rate is, your burn rate is unsustainable. So I didn't, I didn't do it every day, but, but a lot of people like that showed up. Right. And, and we found another, a lot of other ways. And, and you're not realize, like because it's happening so fast and you haven't seen it all before um, and you're not, at the time, I mean, one mistake I made was not reading ahead because I always distrusted books and education in general mm-hmm. after after realizing how big of a waste of money the, the traditional education route is. Um, I, and that, I figured, that like, can be a whole episode in yeah. itself, if not if yeah. not an entire season, probably. So I thought, you know, this is me. I'm going to do this my way. But it turns out there's some really, 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 really good standard lessons to be learned in how to build a business. Definitely. And once you commit, raising money being commitment, um, you should learn. So that's that's one thing I could have done. So two two points there. Um, when when did you just to reel it back a bit? When did the mind shift from project yeah. to to business, business mode? Was that when you raised money? Um, it, it's it's hard to say for sure, but from where I am to like, if you ask me at any point in that time, I would say we're a business. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, right. where I am today, I would say we only started going as hard as we were going after we raised like the multi-million dollar round and wasted half of it. Because at that point, I'm staring at the abyss, Yeah. right? I'm staring at a burn rate that's not sustainable, yeah. half the funding already committed to previous things that we had spent or like basically instantly did. Um, I spent six months longer than I expected fundraising, which means sales was a flat line instead of a, a, a trend line. Um, and then I'm staring at this being like, I fucked up. Um, you know, we are probably going to, like, that was that was, that was was the low point. Um, actually, before that was also quite bad when we couldn't raise the round, but I felt much worse after we had. Right. And still Can we talk realized, about that? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> but, but at that point, you know, run rate, runway's short, burns high, didn't use it on the right things, 
and sales was a flat line instead of on on trend because I haven't been selling. Um, I think from then on, it became a very serious affair to build a great business. Um, and luckily, the investor that you know wrote the check, um, one of my best friends today, you know, supported me the whole way through, never fired me, never even said you must stop this now. I think the most serious conversation we had with them, even after we we ourselves realized how bad in how how uh, in how badly in shape we were. Um, he basically said, Hongwei, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if you don't change, if you don't stop doing these things, here's what I know will happen. So based on that, let's, let's course correct. <laughs> right. Um, and that's far more constructive, right? Like, it's that's, very, it's uh, very constructive. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I said to you guys. Exactly. Like, you know, I, I'd rather have that kind of conversation than, than tell you guys what to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was really, really cool. I owe that guy for life. He's one of my best investors. That's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. And you were talking about the struggle before that? The struggle before was to raise the round itself. Okay. That was, that was a different ordeal. So um, we had, leading up to Christmas twenty, Christmas 2013, because in 2014 is when we closed, Christmas 2013, I had spent the month of December fundraising. I don't think I told this story. Uh, I spent the month of December Exclusive. fundraising. Exclusive content on um, the art of the fail. And, and I had all these leads, like not not nearly as many as I have today for any round we raised, but like at the time, holy crap, like four serious real funds are talking to us. Right. Um, and one of them said, hey, I'm ready to dig in, but here's my term sheet. And you read in the Bible of startups, that that's like the next step. You got yeah. it. Got it. Um, and the term sheet says three month on shop, which basically means for three months so, so that they can dig in and really do their diligence. Um, we can't be talking to other people or raising from other people. Um, and I like them the most. They basically said, this is just standard. We do this all the time. And they were a pretty well-known Canadian VC. Um, so sign the document, live by the rules. And uh, January goes by. It's good. They've been flying in people. that They, they, did, they really did spend money on this. February is pretty good. By March, they're starting to find things. that They're like, oh, wow, your co-founder... Uh, your CTO co-founder is really fucking scary. And by that, I mean, like, you know, that's a different story. But like, holy crap. <laughs> holy crap. All right, that's a, we don't have um, to go, you know, <laughs> that, like that deep there, in, in, into conversation. Um, I mean, I oh, my God, that. he scares us. And wow, uh, you guys actually do need a lot of help from a, from a development perspective. Totally fair. Um, but we're in West. We're on the West Coast. We don't think we can help. It's just going to be really expensive to help you. So come March 31st, I had postponed my birthday party. Um, it's like, this is going to be good. Our runway runs out. Our runway ends April 15th. Um, like March 31st, we get the, from the associate, not even the partner. Oh. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm devastated. Mm. I can't believe we're doing this. I've never done this before. But like uh, partner X has pulled. Uh, can't do it. And that was, uh, that was very scary. Um, I didn't go to work the next day. I just kind of yeah. like slept it in, slept it off. And then I'll slept. ask you off the air who the investor yeah, was. Yeah, <laughs> never. I, I wouldn't work with them again. But, yeah. but that's. And that was, sorry, you said three and a half months? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Wow. So. Of um, due diligence on a seed round? Yeah. They were, they were thorough. Um, for what? What, 1.7? Like it was 1.5. We, we ended up overscouting, but. But they weren't going to commit the whole thing. They were probably in for a buck, a million. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, April 2nd, I go into work uh, and start calling back all those people. Wow. Yeah, I know. That was, I, I lost years of my life because of those months. And and so you said the burn, then the, at that point, the burn was less than two weeks away. Did yeah. you have to restructure? No, that was very sketchy. I won't get into details, but okay. that was very sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> very okay. close. Fair enough. This is yeah. shape enough to be a great episode. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, luckily too, I think at the time, no one could say on the team that I wasn't trying. Of course. Right. Everyone knew that I was all in. and Just like we, Chris we at had, the poker table. We had a, a pretty incredible... Uh, early team that also understood where I, I can't even remember if it happened that time probably did but like right. if we're late a week on payroll like I get a weird stare but no questions right? okay like yeah. people people really bought in um, so that that was that's awesome like, yeah we'll never that's do that great. again but that was that was well, that you, you you built a good culture you built a good team no those are good times yeah, yeah. like that's that's who you know is with you yeah yeah so going back again then how how big was the founding team when you when it was a project and and how did that grow through through that journey that early journey so founding team was three people uh i'm the only one left last one standing one of them oh yeah uh, desmond that's that's how i knew about you no actually, no desmond he's, he's no. not a founder oh no no we uh we hired him a week before we auditioned for dragon's den oh okay he was okay. First employee. okay 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 he, he's he's doing i think pretty well as a yeah. first employee but yeah um, no, it was three founders who met in, uh, in Velocity in 2010. Okay. Desmond joined us in 2012. Okay, awesome. So three... So three it was just, start. yeah, so it was the three of you guys up until 2012. And, like, a co-op. Right. Every now and then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unlike us, many co-ops. <laughs> yeah. The Bruja effect. Yeah. We call it. Okay, awesome. I'll have to ask about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that one. I'm surprised you've actually not, you haven't heard of that one yet. Um, it hasn't yeah. made it to Kitchener. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to. Make it. It's not a bad thing per se. No, no, a lot of it's lemons. just like a babysitting half the time. But yeah, I think um, you you guys probably were a little bit luckier, not luckier, but uh, more fortunate in. Um, the Tri-Cities with the talent mm. compared to, like, I think there's really good co-ops coming out of yeah, um, of, of Waterloo, yeah. as opposed to um, here we've struggled with, with co-ops and interns. Well, Hamilton is, McMaster's like not a tech school. No. Not a software school. Right? Right. No. Biotech. Right. Very much so. Yeah. I could see that. Although, I would say that we benefited from timing as well. If we were starting up today, it would be much, much harder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, timing in this is something that, again, Chris and myself have, you know, talked about on numerous occasions. Timing is definitely one thing. And it's also where you're at um, in terms of stage in your company, too, right? Like, are you ready to take on one intern, two interns? Like, you know, do you have enough things for them to actually work on concretely, right? Yeah. And for you to, I guess, teach them, right? So there's a lot of factors that, that weigh into that, for sure. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that uh, that comes, comes to, mind? to mind? Yeah, those are the two big ones. Uh, the first one wasn't even really a, a fuck up. It was, I guess you could call it one. I just didn't know uh, the nuances of raising, but yeah. it was pretty hard to expect. I think that outcome either. Um, yeah, no kidding. Overspending was a was a big fail. Mm-hmm. Um, I think recently, 
it's more like micro problems. Like I, I still treat them as very problems. Like there's something, um, you know, like imagine the day we found out that Apple's calling all our customers and would be customers saying, give me indoor maps. Yeah. And, and like our customers started calling us saying, what do you want me to do? Uh, that was crazy. Um, cause obviously we've been in this business for a while. Uh, but I'm actually really proud of what we did over the next six months. Or like eight months now. Um, as you guys are talking about fails, I was thinking about what I screwed up recently. I know this sounds arrogant, but not a lot. <laughs> but I've been out of the office. You know? like I, I've yeah. been on the road. It's kind of my zone. Like I'm good at and selling customers. It's uh, it's good. Um, it's it's kind of funny just to just to talk about them like like again this is something that Chris and myself talk about all the time because we just you know there's probably so many fuck ups that we have um, within a week and it's actually it actually becomes pretty hard to even like jog your memory and be like okay what did yeah. I actually yeah, screw like up on because you're not really yeah. paying, no. you're not yeah. really paying attention to those things yeah. right yeah um, for sure. unless someone unless it's something really bad and someone points that out. Well, I mean, I took the wrong exit coming here today, but like right. stuff that takes five minutes to correct is not a fuck up. No, right? yeah, no, but um, there's still lessons to be learned from it. Absolutely, right? yeah. I think, um, yeah, the the iterative process of, of life and, and startups. It's all about perspective too. Like once you've had something that scary, nothing else scares you quite as much until the next high point. Right? And that's a yeah, and that in itself is actually a phenomenal lesson. For, for everyone listening, yeah. yeah. Um, what do they call that? Uh, like exposure therapy. Exposure yeah. therapy. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I found like um, we. I've been at this particular company probably for close to four years since ideation now, cool. and like <laughs> the amount I've grown, and it's yeah. a lot of it is just from experiencing and like falling down, even just like you know scraping a knee, not not breaking a leg, but sure. you just gotta throw yourself in the trenches, right? Yeah. You just, yeah go to war yeah you yeah. really do but like after a while you're like wow how bad can it be you no know, like, exactly yeah. i just like we just we solved that like yep. we can solve this exactly and you know it, it, it's even something as simple as someone going into sales for the first time for sure. example and you know they're they're afraid to reach out to certain individuals because of that no that they might get right and you realize that is that's the worst that you could get is a no and even yep. a no is not necessary it's just a not right now right I yeah. mean, they still hurt. They do. Oh, yeah. They do they hurt. And hurt. They can hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Got a lot I, yeah. of no's in the past three weeks, but um, well, when they stack up too, yeah. then that can get pretty uh, yeah. demoralizing. But it's funny. Our very first co-op, I bit, like we hired him for something very technical. Then the second co-op, he basically came back for all his co-op terms. One of our best people ever. That's awesome. Um, and I forced him to do cold calling for like a month. Yeah. During a second co-op term. Yeah. Hated it. Yeah. But then I think a year later, he's like, dude. I'm so much better at talking to people at the bar now. Yeah. Because I'm just nothing. So nothing is worse. Nothing's worse than yeah. sitting in a booth. A very valuable life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some may say the right. most important. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. That that's huge. Actually, before before you wrap up, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, you you mentioned you're a first time founder, and uh, what a journey it's been on on this first company. Any like. Uh, whether it's a fuck up or just like some some thoughts on leadership as a first time founder, you know, have you have you th- sat back, you know, in in these days and thought, oh, back then, like, I I could have done 
I could have like managed a little bit differently or, or things like that because I think about that stuff all the time. Of course, of course. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to say if I could start over, half the money, half the time, yeah. we'd be in the same place. Right. For sure. Um, well, I mean, it's hard to give generic advice, right? It's it's a, it's always situational. It's like never would have hired that person because now I know that that and person... And that's what I want. I actually don't want advice. Do, yeah. do you have any anecdotes that, okay. that you can think of? Well, um, so many. Uh, do you want to pick a certain category, whether it's hiring or sales? Or people. People? Okay. So on people, I find that... Um, yeah, okay. So, so basically, everything about starting a business is unintuitive except your intuitions about people. Because if you're one year into your business, let's say, you have one year's experience on how to run a business but you have 20 plus years experience as a human being on people. That's real. You can trust that. Yep. And you have 18 years of schooling mm. on the kind of people you work better with and the right. kind of people you don't work well with. Right. And so um, I thought that in the business world, all of a sudden I had to throw that out. Right. Cause like I used to work with my, my nerd friends in school, my video game friends, my sports friends, like, you know, none of those guys are business people or salespeople or marketing people. And, and so maybe I have to look for a new compass on that. Um, and that's where we made a lot of those mistakes. Um, you meet someone that seems impressive. You might say, you know, if, but deep down you might say, I'm pretty sure I'd never talk to this person on the street. But in the context of what I think marketing is, man, they seem really impressive. Um, that's where I should have trusted my gut. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. if, if you, if you kind of go by that, it's, it's, it's actually not going to make you feel better. Because right. chances are you'll still be very nervous the entire way through. Yeah. Of course. Um, and you if might, anything, you might think about it more, actually. Yeah, right? you're betting on yourself yeah. instead of following uh, defensible signals. Right. Right? That person is defensively hireable because of resume. But uh, yeah, forget, forget that. But, yeah, let's just hire them because of the resume. That's, that's an easier call to make right. for most people. Did you find that evolve as the company went on? Um. Like you learned from those mistakes oh, and yeah. you saw it, yeah. you saw it unfold, yeah. right? Cause it's easy yeah. to say in practice cause I'm a, I'm a gut guy, but like yeah. when you're in it, you're like, ah, oh, but that looks really good. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, no, it gets much easier. Uh, like actually very recently. So I used to be the first interview, uh, yeah. always now in the last interview, mostly as a function of time. So most of the time I get like excellent candidates. Like I'm not interviewing them at that point. I'm just like getting excited about what we're doing and, and try to build a relationship. But recently, somebody came up who was really highly recommended, like people I trust and respect and still respect, uh, said this was the best candidate we've ever found. And all I could feel like during that hour was pattern matching to someone that I had to fire because it was such a disaster. Um, and wow. and I, can ex- I can exactly identify why, where it's like, I remember the person I fired basically never thought that they were wrong. Um, it was never their error in judgment. Super confident. Uh, very passionate, really, really passionate, high energy, um, and works hard, but just crushed culture. Right, um, yeah. That's and, so important. And and this new person felt a lot like that. Super high energy, very passionate, definitely would just, like, work 80 hours a week, but would have crushed culture. Um, and so I just, I had to go back and be like, guys, I'm sorry, but this is a no. Yeah, um, and, and sorry to interject there, yeah. that, that's just... You know, fit is more than half of it, too. That's just so important, right? And, and maybe you guys, I mean, actually, I'm sure you guys have a better, like, internal compass and confidence in, in your judgment of people. I was pretty non-confident 
by judging the people, right? Like I went through engineering school before that. I was like, I was the math kid. Like you're not, you're not out there. Uh, my second, my last two years of high school, I smoked a lot of pots. So I met, I met <laughs> but but before that, uh, like I, I really didn't have uh, confidence in my judge of people. But it turns out anyone who's gone through public education actually has a really good understanding of who they will work well with. Right. Um, you can always come back to that. So, and if you if you do that again, you'll sleep worse, but the, the company will do better. Yeah, I think a lot more people have gut feel and intuition than they think, but they um, are aren't decisive enough to to leverage it mm-hmm. as yeah. like true data. No, for sure. And the, again, the problem is um, first time founders are inherently rationally non confident in their gut. Yeah. Right. Like, if I were to do anything again, I just it'd be autopilot when it comes to stuff I've already learned. Right. For um, sure. But at the same time, first-time founders are probably rebels in some way. There's there's definitely a lot of bandwagoning now with entrepreneurship. Sure. But the, the first wave, the original wave, was where people that opted out of reading a book yeah. and trying to apply learning. Right? Yes. Uh, but there's actually really good books, it turns out, <laughs> on, on how to start a, a startup written by like people I worship. Uh, I think it depends on how you learn, too. Yeah. But you're right. There's, there's bandwagoning, a lot of bandwagoning happening. A lot of bandwagoning. Yeah. yeah, and they probably will read the books. That's good. So, so maybe that's the silver lining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they won't make those mistakes. Um, just before we wrap up, because yeah. you you brought uh, you brought up about your co-founders that sure. are no longer with you. Was that in part of a of a fit issue that you didn't um, initially see for, for see, or was that just that just happened? Um, well, I would I will just say because I still respect both of them a lot, sure. and I talk yeah, to yeah, them yeah. often. But uh, in both cases, it was their decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One was on much better terms than the other, right. in terms of how responsible they were. But right. um, it, was, it was their decision all the way through, and I think we're you know they've done still quite well as founders of Mavkin. That's good, awesome. Yeah. And and if you don't mind me asking, how far into the company was that um, so when they left? First exit was twenty fourteen. That was after the big round we raised. Okay. Um, second exit was actually only five months ago, and unfortunately, okay. uh, Mitch just burned out. Right. He just couldn't do it anymore. Yep. So, but he lasted he, like he gave me I think six months notice. Basically, worked himself into literally breaking out with shingles. Uh, wow. And then wow. just went on a very long vacation. So. What a way to go, though, I right? I salute that guy. Yeah, yeah everyone, seriously. Everyone yeah, I mean, and him. self-awareness is huge, yep. right? To know where your limit is. I, th- I think that's admirable, honestly. I, I, I really me do. Me too. Yeah. yeah. No, he's great. And, like, not everyone is, you know, we didn't intend to start a business. Maybe that's the downside of treating it like a project. Well, and that's what I'm, that was my main point yeah. is, like, some, I don't know. This is my opinion, solely yeah. my opinion, but I don't think that entrepreneurship can be taught. And, right. and so I think um, there's lots of different molds of entrepreneurs, but sure. um, if you're not cut out for it, it can be not good for your, your health, <laughs> physically, <laughs> mentally, you know what I'm saying? Everything. Like, yeah. um, and and I, I'm very happy to hear that about, about the, your co-founder um, because, you know, to have the, the self-awareness and confidence to say, look, I need to, I need yeah. to step back. That's like... Mm-hmm. That's awesome. He's got a good retirement fund. Yeah. So, I'd say he's done all right. But no, I mean, going back to the basketball analogy, I agree it can't be taught. You can't teach the next LeBron, but you can make sure there's a court in yep. every neighborhood. Right. And that's what schools are trying to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just make the court yes. available. You guys have free space. We had free space. Like, that's cool. Knowledge that's awesome. gap and yeah, just yeah. 
I guess access to resources, setting up the foundation. Yep. Yeah, when it comes to mm-hmm. the access to the resources and, yeah. and everything else that that kind of comes along with the territory. I, I do think there's too much being spent on education of entrepreneurship. I, I absolutely do. Yes. Um, it's hard to rail against. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not my money, I guess. In yeah. some ways it is because we all pay taxes. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, I don't know. That'll, that stuff will figure itself out. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't want to keep you. Uh, go over time. Thank you so much, Hanway, yep. for coming. Yeah, thank you, Hanway. This is fun. This is great. Yeah. Awesome.